Tonight we're going to, if you would turn over in your Bible to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. And we're going we're gonna to look at tonight, we've looked at uh, several weeks ago, we looked at I think the last half of that chapter. We're going to look at the first eight verses tonight. And we're going to look at the title, God's Response When His People Cry Out. Thank God He Responds. Thank God he responds. Sometimes you may think he hasn't, but he always comes through. We just, sometimes the enemy wants us to think he hasn't, but he does respond. And we're going to look at a few different ways. This is a Psalm of David, and we're going to read these verses. We're going to break them down a little bit and just try to be encouraged in the fact that God does things when we cry out. And uh, hey, when your kids cry out, do you do, do you respond? Does it, it makes a difference, doesn't it? So let's, let's if you've got the, the scripture turned to Psalm 34 there, let's read those first eight verses. And verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Amen. God's response when His people cry out. Heavenly Father, we come before You tonight, Lord, and we know that God, without a shadow of a doubt, that God, You want Your people, Lord, when we get serious with You and when we cry out to You, God, you respond every time. Lord, you are faithful. And your word tells us, God, that you're still on the throne and you're listening for the cry of your people. And God, you'll do things, God, if we'll get serious and we'll cry out to you. Lord, we need you more than ever, any hour in our lives tonight. And God, we pray that, God, you would give us a fervency of spirit and prayer and that, God, we'd learn to call out on you. And then we would stand back and watch you move, God, because you're faithful to do it. And God, we thank you. Move tonight, speak, and God, draw us in this altar. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen, amen. That, that chapter, I don't know if you all have ever sung this before, but if, if you look at those first four verses, if you don't know it, I'm going to teach you a little chorus here tonight that you may have never sung before, and you have, you may know it. But there, when I was growing up, I remember this, this chorus is a beautiful chorus of praise and I'm going to talk to you about David, why he's singing this chorus, and, and why this is. Of course, David was a, was a singer, right? And so many psalms have been put to songs. It, it means songs. And so these psalms, many of them are put to song. And there's a lot of songs you may hear. You may not realize it, but it comes right out of the book of Psalms. Beautiful, beautiful praise to the things of God. And so it's, it makes it easy to remember it. And it, and it also encourages you in the Word of God. You know, the Word of God has power. Just when you meditate, think about it, read it, and just let it kind of take its simmer on it a little bit, you know. Then there is a response that happens to us. And so David knew this. And David was a man after God's own heart. You know, I want to be like that. I want to have a spirit to where I praise God. And so these first four verses, if you've got your Bible, if you've got it turned over there, if you would just turn back, to Psalm, I should have told you not to close your Bible because it'll be up here. Is that we're going to we're going to look at those first four verses and 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 hopefully I get it in the right key. But uh, but I want you to I just want you to sing that if you know it with me because it's a wonderful little chorus. It was, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in Thee, Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, 
And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Let's do verse 3. That's the chorus again. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Thank you, Lord. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Hallelujah. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Hallelujah. 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 Now, in your Bible, in your Bible, Rogers wrote in here, hasn't he? He might have been here and I didn't see <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're multiplying. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, in your Bible, if, 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 I think most of them probably have this. You probably have a little heading there, a little title above that chapter. We didn't read it. It doesn't show up in the verse. But if yours is like mine, it says, A Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, that's actually, that's a name for a king. It's Achish, who drove him away and he departed. And so this is, uh, a, David would write psalms, songs, that related to things that happened in his life. Isn't that why some of, some, a lot of songs that we know that's ballads or something, it's got to do something with something someone experienced and they put it into song to remember it. And so David, to understand why this is so uh, important to David, because he is worshiping God because God was faithful to him. Now, in our lives, this is very important. You know, God responds. We, we, if we don't see God as He truly is, if we see God as this really weak and elderly grandpa figure that really don't, maybe can't even hear very well, and he doesn't have that much power. We, don't, we won't cry out to him because we see him too little. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But when we see God who he truly is, and we understand who God truly is, we cry out to him. And, and I, I was thinking about mothers, you know, I, I mean, fathers can do this some, but I can tell you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, mothers knows their children's cry, and they know 50 different kinds of cries. They can hear, and, and they, they'll be sitting there, and they'll hear a sound that no one else even hears, and they'll say, wait, wait a minute, be still just a minute. And they'll hear something, and they'll say, oh, it's okay. You know, they'll say, it's okay. Or they'll say, oh, they're, they're just upset. Or they're, they can tell the difference if they're whiny. Oh, they're whiny. Uh, oh, they must be tired. Oh, they're just mad about something. <laughs> oh, they're just complaining about something. Or... They say, wait a minute, you see it perk up, they're hurt, they're hurt, they're, that's pain. And when that happens, they can't go into response mode. When, you're, when you as a, as a mother, uh, particular, I think, I, think mom, I mean, dads get excited, you know, but moms are way more tuned in, it seems like. Oh, yeah. And uh, whenever there's that cry of pain, yeah. I've yet to see a mother say, I'll be out down there after a while, I'm folding the laundry. No, all of a sudden, it's like throw everything down, burn the dinner, it don't matter what it is. My baby's hurt. My baby's crying. My baby's crying out. And I got, they got my attention, and they respond. And God is so much more tuned into us than our mothers have ever been. That he, knows, he knows the cry before it even comes out. He knows a cry that there isn't a sound, but it's in the heart. And tears are flowing down a face, and your heart is breaking. And God hears it. And it's an amazing thing. And so David is, is rejoicing because of what God has done for him. And, and he's got a lot to be thankful for. You see, if you look at this and you, and you look to see where this came from, David has, has been running for his life. Uh, the, the thing you've got to wrap your mind around is David has been promised by God he's going to be king. He's already anointed. He didn't ask for it. God did it. He did it a long time before he got to be king. He anointed him. He didn't even know what was going down. And he comes and he gets anointed king. And from that moment on, his life seemed like it turned upside down. 
I mean, he had some great victories and, and Goliath and some different things happened. And we see that God had his hand on him. But we see that because of that call of God on his life, there was the enemy was coming after him. Now, physical enemies and spiritual enemies. Now, that's what will happen in your life. You move toward God, you're going to get physical and spiritual attacks. So we see that he is running for his life. And, and, and the uh, Saul is pursuing him. He's chased him right to the border. And, and he's got so little time. And, and there's a little nugget. I, I, think it, I was just thinking about what I was praying tonight because it probably didn't make sense to David. But he, he's hungry. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Saul's on his trail. He's right behind him. He comes to the temple. He's got nothing to eat. He asks the priest, who's asking him a whole bunch of questions, and he asks him, do you have whatever bread you got, I need it. If you got five loaves of bread, I need, I need bread. And he's like, I have no regular bread. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. All I've got is the show bread. All I've got is this unleavened bread. And he makes sure that they're clean and stuff. And he says, but I'll give you that if you're clean, but you can have it. And so he gives him. He gives it to him. And uh, so he eats it. And then he says, okay, what about a sword? Do you have a sword? And uh, we see that he says, well, no, we don't have. Well, the only sword we have is the one that you left here. Uh, it was the one when you killed Goliath. It's wrapped up. It's in the back. Uh, and it's still wrapped up. And then David says, well, give me that. that what sword's greater than that? And he takes it. So these are little things that doesn't, when you look at that, you're like, what in the world, you know, why would God do that? And we're going we're, we're gonna to look at how that maybe ties in in a minute because he's getting ready. By the way, he gets that sword. And I was thinking about that. You know, he, he gets the sword which tells him of God's faithfulness in the past. Sometimes when we praise God, we praise Him not because we are experiencing a victory today, but we praise Him because we know you were faithful yesterday. He gets this sword and He remembers at that moment from a young boy, you had your hand on me and you were faithful and delivered me and I'm getting ready to go into another storm and I think the Lord let him have that as a testimony to say, take it with you because you're going to need a little encouragement. I helped you before, I'll help you again. And so we see that he goes across the border and he's into Philistine territory and he ends up where does he end up he's in the city of Gath well who's where's the city of Gath well that's where King Achish lives and that's where he's at who what 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 else happened in Gath that's where Goliath used to live this is this was the, he's got his sword he's remembering what he and, and I'm sure he's pretty concerned because he's in a dangerous plot he went from bad to worse because these people he's killed thousands of them and if they figure out and they, they could kill, he's going from running, he's so scared, he's running from his own people and he's now in enemy territory. And so we see that if you look at the verses right before this, the people were telling Achish, is this? Do you realize who this probably is? This is probably David. Do you know who David is? Can you remember? He's the one that they wrote songs about and said, Saul's killed his thousands and David's killed his tens of thousands. And I can hear him say, do you know who the tens of thousands heads are that he's talking about? Our people. In fact, some of Goliath's family is probably right there and saying, do you know who he killed? <laughs> and so he's in a bad spot. He's going through trouble. He's in a really bad spot and he's, in probably, a very, he's probably very scared. It says in one place it says that he was terrified, really, because he realized because the people are starting to work against him. Now, he's, so he realizes this, and it says there at the beginning, that little heading I read, he changed his behavior. The Lord gave him wisdom to, to feign that he, was, that he was insane. And so he realized that King Achish was probably going to kill him. And he's in a dilemma. He really realizes that he's probably going to die. But we see in this psalm, he didn't try to do this in his own strength. He called out to the Lord. And this is the reason that he wrote this, is he called out to the Lord, and the Lord gave him wisdom of what to do. And at the end result, so he acted like he was insane, and he was scribbling on the gates, and he was drooling off his beard, and he was acting like he was insane. And, and the king, and, and it was it was. Uh, they, they felt like they would be cursed if they killed somebody that was in a situation like this. And he said, get him out of my face. What are you doing? Trying to bring somebody like that and put him in my house. He ain't nothing to worry about. Get him out of here. And so David was able to escape. And he was able to run to the cave. And in, immediately, he no doubt wrote this psalm, Blessing God. 
Because again, God showed Himself faithful to deliver him. And so he writes it down. And in our lives, it's good for us to remember because if we don't, we don't do this. We will find out that we forget over and over and over again the good things that God did. So we see here, we see here that uh, he remembered the goodness and faithfulness of God. C.H. Spurgeon was talking about how important it is to praise God. He said, he who praises God for blessings will always have blessings for which to praise God. Let me read that one more time so everybody can hear it. He who praises God for blessings will always have blessings for which to praise God. Amen. When you praise God for what He's done, it changes your whole mind, your whole spirit, everything. And when we lift God up for doing things for us, He just continues to pour out more blessings upon yeah. us. Many times, how many times has he come and done something for you or for me and we don't even say anything about it? How many times has he delivered us or protected us? And we, you know, uh, the other, even last, maybe last Wednesday, we left here and, and right in front, right before we got there, some, uh, one or two cars had, had been involved in an accident out here hitting deer. And I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. Because I didn't want, you know, we, it could have been us. It could have been us, and, and, and that's, that, you know, that's minor compared to some things, but God is faithful to us, and when He is, we ought to praise Him. So we see, first of all, that God responds to His people's cry by answering them. God answers you and me. God answers us. My goodness. It says in verse 4, I sought the Lord, and He heard me. He heard me. Verse 17, He says the same thing. The beginning of that verse says, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth just like that mother's heart that's when that cry goes forth there is a response the good news is is that when you cry the Lord and I'm not talking about making up something I'm saying when our heart breaks before God and we cry out with a, a fervent spirit to God he hears your cry he hears your cry thank God he hears you know that night that the Titanic sank when 1,500 people, I think, went into eternity, there was a cry going forth of help, help us. And I've already told you before that in a short distance away, definitely able to save them was the Californian. And they had turned, the radio operator had went to sleep, wasn't even listening anymore, and the cry was going out, but no one heard it. The ones that did hear it was way too far away to get there in time to save them. A cry was going out, but no one heard it. What a sad thing. What an incredibly sad thing. But thank God tonight that when you cry out to God, every single time when His children cry out, He hears it. I remember that altar when I was a backslider and I was running from God. I remember getting at that altar and I cried out and the Lord heard my cry. And I'm sure he did the same thing to you. Thank God he hears us. He hears us every time. Over and over and over again. He will prove to you that he's listening to your cry. He has me. So many times I've cried out to the Lord. And, I, and you, when you walk away, you're thinking, I hope you heard. But you know what? There are so many times while you're even crying out to God, there is something that He touches our spirit. He, he administers to us. He breaks us in His presence. You, you can just feel His presence so strongly. You know He heard. You can know He hears because He'll come to you. You'll come to Him crying out and all of a sudden you feel the warmth of His presence and you know He just heard what you did. And, and it doesn't stop there. So God answers us when we cry. You know what else? He delivers us when we cry. He delivers us. It's the best thing in the world. It goes on in verse 4. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me. From all my fear. It's one thing to have God just to hear you. It's wonderful that we can say that we have a God that hears us when we cry. But He doesn't leave us where we are. He wants us to call on Him. When we call out on Him and we're broken before Him, it is a sign that says, God, we, we admit we can't fix it. We admit that You're the only thing that can do this. We admit that we're looking to You. Amen. And God hears it. 
And God responds. He comes and does things. Every one of us tonight can testify to the fact that God's delivered us. God's came through for us. God's answered our prayers. And so the enemy wants us in this hour to think prayer doesn't do anything. We're pressing in with a new fervency into prayer. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting there during service. And, and, and even though I'd like to see double the people that's coming, I'm so excited about the ones that are coming. I'm sitting up here thinking, God, Lord, this is progress. This is We're moving forward. We're getting some things done. We're hearing people calling out to you. Before church even starts, we're calling out on you. And we're moving towards you, God. Now, you hear that. And you move, and you deliver. And so He promises He'll deliver. It says, it, it says in the second part of that verse, He delivered me from all my fears. The thing that He was fearful of, the thing that He realizes that He was going to be killed, that, the, that His enemies was going to surround Him, His enemies was going to destroy Him. He said, the thing that I was fearful of, you delivered me. You heard me when I cried. There's no other way to explain what happened to me. They had me. I was trapped. I was surrounded. And you told me what to do. And God, you delivered me. And you gave me great victory. And so he has joy in his heart because of what God did for him. Oh, he delivers us when we call on him in the day of trouble. It says in 50, Psalms 50, 14 and 15, Offer... Unto God thanksgiving. This is a psalm, another one. Praise God. Why is he saying praise God? Offer to him thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. That means you need to praise God because he's worthy. You need to tell people God is faithful to me. Why? And call upon me in the... This is God. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. In other words, he's going to say, I'm going to do the work. No one can give any credit except for me. And because of what I do in your life, other people's going to lift me up and see what I did in your life. And I'm going to be the one to receive the glory. And it's all why? Because you called on me. Every one of these. God doesn't say, listen, you don't have to go through anything. He doesn't say that. He says, in the day of trouble, you and I are going to go through trouble. We're going to have some things we don't want to go through. But God promises this. You may go into trouble, but you won't go alone. You may go into trouble, but you won't be there alone. I'll bring you through it. I'll bring you out of it. I'll give you deliverance. I'll give you strength. Whatever it takes, you're not going to go through those things alone. And God says, I'll help you. I'll be your strength and I'll be your help even when you're fearful. I was reading a testimony of, of, a, of a young lady. And I, I've told you before that as a, as a young, like 12-year-old, the first time I went to Bill Gothard's uh, seminars, the the, the church was involved in this, and it was incredible. I've told you that. I won't go through all the details, but it, was, it had a real impact on my life, this material. I wish, I wish they still had this going. They still have some things, but I really, I really think it helped me as a teenager. But this, this Bill Gothard is the one that was... He was a, a Baptist pastor, and uh, uh, he was incredible. I mean, he just had such... God just gave him such deep things, and it really helps us. And so... He had a testimony on his website that was talking about one of the young ladies that worked for his ministry. Her name was Anna. And back on, uh, on uh, September 11, 2001, when the towers were attacked, when we were all watching our televisions, it was a significant day for all of us. But it was even more significant for Anna because she had just a month before been diagnosed with uh, cancer, bone cancer. And she's young. She's a Christian. She had been in ministry her whole life. She worked for this ministry. She had done missions work in Romania. She was, she was a faithful young lady that you would have said, how could it happen to a 22-year-old? But she was, she was eaten up with cancer. And on the day when the towers went down, she was in her first chemo treatment. And she was in agony. She talks about how her pain was so horrible that she had to have assistance just to move from one location to another. She was in so much pain that people had to pretty much about carry her because she's in so much pain. So she was going through the treatments and they didn't give her very much hope because she was stage 4B. That's the last. That's the end. And so they didn't really give her hope, but she was going through this treatment and she went to her church and they brought her into her church and they gathered around her and they prayed for God to heal. Also, the Bill Gothard's ministry, they got together and they had a real burden for her because they loved her 
And they were calling out to God for her. And she still in agony and pain. On Christmas that year, Christmas night, that entire day, she started thinking about that little widow that persistently kept coming to the judge and saying, you've got to meet my needs. You've got to, you've got to take care of me. You've got to help me with this. And finally, the scripture says to keep on praying just because just like that persistent judge, you keep on, you don't give up. And your need will get met. And so she said she kept telling God and calling out on God all day long on Christmas Day that year, Lord, you said you would heal. And just as that widow, I'm coming to you and I'm trusting in you that you're going to deliver me. Two days later, she had her follow-up visit to find out the condition and how the progress was going on her cancer. And when she gets to the doctor with her mom, the doctor said, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even know what to tell you. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. You don't have one speck of cancer. In fact, I can't even see you ever had cancer. <laughs> it's gone. It's completely gone. A few days later, she was skiing. <laughs> A few days later, she was skiing. What made the difference? People were calling out on God. People were calling out on God. If there's anything the enemy's afraid for you to do, you can talk about God all you want. You can just, you can watch good and inspirational shows all you want. Don't you dare call out on God. Whatever you do, don't call out on Him. Don't you cry out. Don't you do it. Why? He knows there's power in that. He knows there's power when we call out on Him. And so He will touch us and He will do things whenever we cry out in desperation. You know what else in verse 5 it tells us? That God responds to people uh, crying out to Him by giving you hope. He gives you hope. It says in verse 5, they looked unto him and they were lightened. That means radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This, this word is saying that those who put their trust in the Lord, those that get their eyes off the situation, those that quit looking at what they can do and what they can't do, and they say, Lord, I'm not looking at me. I'm looking at you because you're the only hope I've got. And Lord, this situation this nation's going through or my family's going through, you're the only hope we've got. And Lord, I'm looking to you to be the help. And you've been faithful before and I'm trusting you. You know what it says? It says that there's a radiance. Instead of this down, you've seen people that you can tell. You see them as soon as you see them. Oh, they're depressed. They're tore up. I can tell something's wrong. Why? They're cast down. Their countenance is cast down. But he's saying, but when you look to God, it's just the opposite. You're not cast down. There's a joy. There's a hope that springs up. Why? You're looking at the source. You're looking at the answer. And he's saying that we, there is a hope that springs up within our hearts when we look to him. And it says that in that verse says, you won't be ashamed. You will never regret that. You will never have to say, oh, I made a mistake. No, you have faith and confidence in God and He will not leave you hanging. He will not leave you ashamed. He will make you to be a light, not only, not only for your own self, but for everyone that looks at you. They're going to say, what is the world's going on that deal? They should be cast down. But they got joy. They got peace. Why? Because where I got my eyes at. It's on the Lord. For who, where's my health cometh? Jeremiah tells us about that in verse or chapter 33, 3. Call unto me, I will answer thee and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest. God gives us wisdom. God gives us hope. God gives us understanding. God gives us things that we, there, we would never have if we didn't call out on Him. God says, you call me. I'm going to respond. I'm going to give you exactly what you're looking for. Number four, and there's only five. Number four, God responds to His people's cry by saving them. He, he's, he says it's, this is, this is uh, uh, another. He's bringing up God's deliverance again. But God delivers not just out of what you're going through, but through all of our troubles. It says, this poor, he's talking about himself. He, th he's saying this, this poor man cried. Uh, let me tell I'm telling you a story. It's one thing when I tell you about Anna, 22, that got healed. But when I tell you something that happened to this poor guy, it makes a difference. You know what? I can have a lot more passion about what happened to this poor guy because I went through it, right? And you can do the same thing. But when you're able to come, have you ever had someone that they're going through something and you can say, let me tell you what God did for this poor guy or gal. Let me tell you what he did. I went through the same thing. And let me tell you, and God encouraged them in the things of God because God came through for me and he delivered. And all of a sudden, it's not a story. It, it's not a great illustration. It's a life example they know happened because you tell it and because they can see what God did in you. And all of a sudden, what happens? Whoo, faith starts rising up in their heart. And God gives us deliverance. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. God heard me and saved me out of all my troubles. He, he, he did it perfect. God don't have to do anything. God don't, have, God don't get you out of one mess. And you get dropped right into a... No, God, when God does it, yes, you, you, when God does something, it is perfect. He leads you through. You may still be going through struggle, but His hand, you can have right in the middle of a struggle, you can have a peace and you can have a joy. Why? Because you feel God going with you. And you know if He, if he puts it in front of you, He's going to help you go through it. And, when he, and there's a reason for it. And He'll help you grow from it. And He's going to help you be an example. So... The Lord strengthens us because of what He done for us. We can help others. And the worst thing that we can do is to not tell others. There's a lot of people in this world, they don't, want to, they don't tell you that they're broken inside. They don't t- I'm telling you, we have more. During this last six months, I'm telling you, I, I, you all I can tell you just from our ambulance calls, I can tell you from the troubles that we see that's going on, people have more stress. People have more... Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's a good word. I was trying to find the right one. And uh, anxiety yes. and stress, and the enemy's trying to mess with people's minds. Yes. The enemy's trying to struggle with our minds. All of us feel stressed. Yes. All of us are going through things, and some is, is under even a greater attack. And so we need to realize that one of the things that can help is for you, for them to see that there's hope in somebody. That you don't have to go through this alone. That we have someone we can turn. And so your praise to God can be very much what helps them get out of their situation by finding out there's a hope. There's a hope. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Everything. He talks about it again in verse 17. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them how? Out of all their troubles. All of our trouble. God's got it worked out. He knows every single detail. Amen. God has delivered me every time. Every time. God's came through. There's, there's things in my life, there's so many things that God has done to where I can say, I look back and tears in my eyes and can say, Lord, you heard me. You were working. And what's beautiful is when you see, when you see just like He did for David, He gives him that sword before he needs it. There's an encouragement. And you say, Lord, you were encouraging me. You were encouraged. I didn't know what was going on. Why did I have this sword? So I could look at it. He, he puts the 12 uh, uh, baskets of the fishes and loaves in the boat because he knows in a few hours they're going to be in a storm and they're going to be fearful. Can God do anything? And when the, if they would just look down and see 12 baskets, 12 baskets full. Well, that right there tells you. There's your visual lesson. God's not forgot. God has power to do anything. And so there's times in your life He's going to do that for you. He'll save you out of all your troubles. And then finally, God responds to His people's cry by surrounding them with His presence. Surrounding you. Have you ever felt God's presence like that? That you feel God's presence so strong that you just, there is nothing. You can feel Him so thick everywhere around you. You just feel His presence. I love those times. because It's those times where I say, Lord, I don't want to move. I don't want to move. This is, you know, that's the most wondrous thing. God surrounds His people. It says in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear Him and delivereth them. In the Old Testament, when you see the phrase, the angel of the Lord. It's talking about the Lord Jesus. It's talking about a manifestation. It's saying that the Lord Himself surrounds us with His presence. And those people that put their faith and confidence in Him, that fear Him and delivereth them. And when the Lord has His hands on your life, when He's got you completely surrounded, we get a picture of that in the book of Job. When it says, Have you, have you considered my servant Job, why, why the way, by the way, why would God's hands be around Job? The scripture says he was perfect in all his ways. He was perfect. He, he was so worried and tra- he did everything, as, I mean, as good as he could do it in his own strength. And he's worried about his kids and he was offering sacrifices. Lord, they may think something they shouldn't think and he's doing everything he can. He's somebody that loves God with all of his heart. Right. And the scripture says that uh, the angel Lord cameth around about them that fear him. Why did he do that? He had an awe and fear of the things of God and a respect for the things of God. And the scripture says, God's hands around those people. 
surrounding them. And then he says to the enemy, he says, have you considered Job? And he says, yeah, I've considered him. I've been there a hundred times. I can't touch him. Why is that? Your hands is around him. You've, you've encompassed him with your hands. I can't get a million miles of that guy. If I do, I, can, I hit you every time. I have run every time. Why? Because your hands is around him. You've got a hedge around him. I can't even get to him. What is it? That's that praise and that worship and fear of the things of God. And that's why that he had a hedge around him. And it says that he puts his hands around his people. When we cry out to him, he comes down. He, he hears us. He doesn't just listen and hear, but He responds to us and He delivers us and He delivers us from all of our troubles. He surrounds us by His presence. Psalms 56 verse 9 says, When I cry unto Thee, then mine shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Isn't, hey, you know what? I, I don't know why. I always, it bothered me sometimes when I'd hear people saying, is God, you know, God's for me, you know, all that kind of, because I feel like, well, the question is, is was it Abraham Lincoln? He says, the question is am I, not whether God's on my side, but whether I, I, we're on his or something like that. But this scripture says that the people who have trusted and cried out to him, that when they do, the enemy turns back. This, this verse here is talking about when the enemy, if you read that chapter in chapter 56, and I'm almost done, but chapter 56 is talking about David saying, my enemies are waiting for me. They've been watching my every move. They've been plotting against me. They're talking against me. They're wanting to kill me. They are trying to, uh, to gather together to destroy me, Lord. Do you see what they're doing? And at the end of the chapter, or verse 9 here, he says, when I cry unto thee, these ones that had a plot and plan, they're watching my every move. That's why some of the people that may figure out what your schedule is, and if they're going to rob your house, they're going to figure out, well, they go to church on your wife, I'll be quiet, you won't come. But they figure out when you're not going to be there, and they, that's when they make their move, right? They're watching you. They try to watch you. And that's what David's saying. These enemies watching me, waiting for that exact moment. In fact, they're in a crouched position. I'm paraphrasing. They're ready to leap on me and attack me and try to kill me. But it says, oh, but when I cry to the Lord, then shall my enemies turn back. He, they run away from what they were going to do. Why? Because they see that God has got His hands around me. And they can't do anything about it. That, that reminds me of that wonderful uh, story of the, uh, the missionary that tells that when he was in... Uh, uh, on the field, and he was in this new tribe of uh, where this new tribe was that he had never got to reach yet, and he was having trouble to, to reach them. One night, they and they were cannibals. And and one night that he tells that he was uh, he looked out the window, and all of a sudden, all the way around his cabin, out in the middle of the woods, he was surrounded by this Indian tribe, and they were gearing up, and they were getting ready to attack, and to come and take his family and kill him, and he knew. He was in trouble. And he said that he, they went to prayer. And he said the strangest thing in the world. He said after a period of time, they kept getting closer and closer. And all of a sudden after a period of time, they started disappearing. They just turned and left. He didn't understand what was going on, but he thanked God. Lord, thank you. You saved us again. You, you answered prayer. You delivered us. And these men who had us outnumbered, vastly they left and we don't understand why but thank you God he didn't find out till he got back in the states and he was at a church preaching and this man come up to him and he said to him and says brother I just want you to know on certain certain day the Lord uh, got my attention I don't know if he's asleep I can't remember that part but he said the Lord got my attention and he said go to the church and call people to pray for this this brother and he said what date did you say that was? And he told him the date. He said, oh, he looked back and he thought, you ain't going to believe this. I, yes, I had a need that day. And he started proceeding telling him. And, and he didn't find it. Of course, this missionary, this missionary later, uh, and, and he found out, let me tell you this first. So he found out that 22, I think the number was 22 men, showed up at that church to pray for this missionary. And they prayed for a couple of hours. And then they felt like everything was good. And the Lord released them and they went home. They didn't know what happened. And so they told him this, and he's like, wow, that's awesome. Later on, as this missionary reaches this tribe for the Lord, and this chief that's over this tribe, and he gets saved. 
and he's having a conversation and ask him about that night. You were coming to, to attack us. And he translated and said, yes, we were going to kill you. Why did you leave? Then he said, it's because of all your white soldiers. And he said, what are you talking about? He says, well, he said, while we were getting ready to attack, all of a sudden there showed up 22 soldiers with rifles and they were surrounded your cabin and we realized we were outnumbered or we, we couldn't defend, we couldn't take you. So they started walking away. Amen. What happens when you pray and you call out on God, He surrounds you. Yeah. He surrounds you with His presence and His angels and His help and his strength. And so David can come out of this chapter, verse 8. It's not the end because he keeps going because of the wonderful things that God did. And so he finishes in verse 8 and says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. He's encouraging others. He's using this uh, uh, illustration of our desires. And what he's saying is, and listen, if you get around people and you tell them what God did for you, there will be a spiritual appetite that will open up yes, within will. them to where they'll, they'll still think about that after they, you've been long gone. They'll still be thinking about the, what you told them about. Yes. And when they go home and that enemy comes in after them, they're thinking, but man, did you, do you remember what he said or she said? You think God would do that for me? And there's a spiritual appetite. And so he's saying, yeah, I've told you all these wonderful things. And he wants them to praise God with him because he's faithful. And then he says, now, it doesn't have to be just with me, but I'm offering it to you. The Lord will do the same to you. Taste and see. Taste and see. I can bring you something and tell you how awesome this dish is. And I can say it's the best thing I've ever ate. But unless you taste it, you're never going to know. You're never going to be able to experience. You're going to say, well, he said it was good. But how much more powerful is it when you say, I tasted, and it is awesome. Amen. It is awesome. And so he's saying that to us tonight. And we need to say, you know, first to God, Lord, I've tasted. <laughs> and you are awesome. You are awesome. And blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord God. Amen. Blessed is that man. And so it starts and ends with praise. It starts and ends with praise. David seen what God had done in his life and all through his life. Let me, let, let me tell you how this helped him. And I'm closing with this. You, you, the, one of the things I've told you that amazes me, and it's not too much later than this, David gets in another quandary. So David is saying, if you look at that first verse, you see that David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I, I didn't really get into any of that because I kind of jumped into the song. But David is, David is saying, I made a covenant with my own self that in every circumstance, every situation, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to glorify you. We see that he then starts praising God for what he did here. There comes, if you'll look a few, a little bit down the road, David comes up to another problem that we've seen recently in Ziglag. And he comes back and he's lost everything. We talked about that. He's lost it all. And all he's got left is his men. He's lost his family. He's lost his wives. He's lost everything. They've burned the city. All he's got left is these loyal men. And he looks up and they're standing there with tears in their eyes and stones in their hands. He's getting ready to lose that. He's getting ready to be killed. So he is totally, you and I would have just fell dead. <laughs> it's over, God. This is the end of the line. I guess I'd never get to fulfill what you wanted me to do. But what does it say? He did the most amazing line to me just about in Scripture. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? I made a covenant. I blessed the Lord at all times. What am I doing? I'm remembering what he did to me yesterday. I remember what he did with Goliath. I remember what he did with the bear. I remember what he did with the lion. I remember what he just did with Achish. I remember every of these things. And God, you've been faithful every other time. I encourage myself in the Lord. It, imp it impacts your own spirit. And then you impact other people's spirit. And so it's, it's important. So the enemy comes against you. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And starts with, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, oh, he's worthy. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he worthy of praise? 
How many in here can say, God's never done nothing for me? Not one time has God answered my prayers because we're going to pray something for you tonight. God, this, God's been... Now, let me ask the other. How many has God really... I mean, honestly, you can tell me something. And if I were to ask you, you could tell me what it was. How many has God answered a direct prayer for? God has come through when you ask Him to. God's faithful. He's not done yet. And if we learn to praise Him like David learned to do, if we learn to lift Him up and trust Him through everything, if we learn to cry out, Oh God, oh Abba Father, Lord, You're my Father. Lord, You can do anything. We trust You, Lord. And God, I cry out, and my eyes are upon You, and my trust is in You, and my faith is in You. And Lord, I can't do anything myself. And Lord, if it happens, you got to do it. And Lord, You're going to receive the glory when You do do it. And God will say, I'm right, I'm right on the... I'm already there. I've been waiting. Where you been? I've already been waiting. I'm ready to go. I've already had it waiting on you. You just finally get showing up here. I'm ready to move. That's the way God is. He's, he's right on time. Every time, isn't he? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God responds when his people cry. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There will be nothing better tonight for us to do is to end the service with praise, you know? For us to, to worship God for what he's done for us. What he's done for us. And so tonight... I would like, I mean, first of all, before I do that, some of, somebody in here, before we, because I want us to stand and I want us to worship. I want us to worship. I don't mean just, you know, like this. I mean worship. Oh God, and just praise Him. And let, and let the heavens hear how much we love Him. and how. Wonderful. But before we do that, is there someone in here tonight that would be bold enough to say, let me tell you something God did. I want to praise God because He did this for me. Something He's done for you. Is there anybody that wants to glorify God and say, God came through for me when I prayed for this or when I called out for this. And I know it takes boldness, but God's worthy. He's a good God. You never know what he'll do tomorrow for you if you praise him tonight. The one, as you think of that, the, the, one of the ladies that gets, I'm telling you, she gets 365 miracles a year. And why? Because every day she writes down what God did that day. I've told you that. It's, it's amazing. I can't wait until those periods when I used to get to say, okay, I know she's going to testify when she does. I can't wait to hear all these incredible things. It's like, oh, my goodness. Can't believe one person's had that. I mean, you know why? She don't care to praise him for it. She don't care a bit to. And so God's faithful to those who praise him. What's God done for you? What has God done? Has God answered anything for you? And you want to just say, I, I just want to tell you what he did five years ago, ten, I don't care when it is. God answered for me. Amen. Anybody? We're gonna we're gonna preach on praise a lot more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right, right. Hallelujah. Amen. And you even tell me tonight some other things God helped you with in the past. So God's faithful. God's a deliverer. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you something. I, I, I stood here. I know the camera ain't going to get this over here, so I'll get out of the way. So I, I stood right here about a month ago, six weeks ago, praying on a Saturday. You weren't here. You didn't know what was going on. If you went out in the parking lot, you'd have heard something going on. Because it's loud. And I'm not having a fit if you go by and that happens. But I was praying. And God said to me right when I got I back and forth, back and forth. When I got right here, God said to me, I did it. I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could. So mom and dad knows about it. And, and God did a mighty work, didn't he? God did a mighty work. Okay, so God did a mighty work, and I got right here, and God said, and I was calling out, and, and I was saying, God, and, and I was telling him how good he is, and how faithful, and how powerful he is, and what his word says, and I've told you this, but you got, I mean, you, I mean, it's, you got to get, you got to get to where you praise him. You got to get to where, to where God, God's sitting there waiting to say, okay, well, you know, what, did they, they don't remember what I, <laughs> they don't remember what I, but I got over here and I got here and I was crying out God and the tears flowing down my face and I was, I've never been, I mean, I felt so, I almost felt, uh, I was, I mean, it was almost like I was yelling, I was yelling, yelling, God, this is, you've got to come through and I'm trusting in you and I got right here and God said, and I felt God say to me, I did it. Amen. I did it. I'm like, and I, I, listen, I never, I never had that happen. I mean, there's, I've seen God do it. I've seen God do it. I felt God move. But God spoke to, I didn't, it wasn't a big book. It was just, he spoke to my spirit and said, done, I did it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Did you just say that? Did I just hear that in my spirit? 
And I thought, now this is big, God. This is big. And I felt a confirmation. I'm telling you, I felt a confirmation. I'd never seen anything like that. A few days later, I still hadn't heard anything. I thought, well, God, I guess I just made that up. Lord, is that... And I'd taken a step, a bold step, that someone that's involved in this situation, uh, the opportunity came and I said, let me tell you something. I don't know, you know, I don't know what's, what's happening here, but let me tell you what God said to me. I did it. I did something. Well, that, that person didn't know either. But about three days later, we all knew. Hallelujah. We all knew. God started from that very moment, yeah. that very same day, yeah. God did a work to me that is miraculous. I hope that someday I can tell you about it. <laughs> hope someday I can tell you about it. But it's just one of those things I don't have liberty to do that with. But God answered. And I praise Him for that because you know what? It gives me faith whenever I come before God because there's other things in my life that even in my life that I need to see God do. It's things in my mind that when I see it, I don't see a possibility. Thank God we don't have to figure out how He does it. All we got to do is say, Lord, I, I trust You. And I thank you because you came through over here and I told you about that time on the altar where I stood on that spot and I still get there every once in a while. Lord, I thank you. And Lord, you're faithful and devil. You're a liar. And I stand on that spot. Why? I praise him because you came through for me right when I need you. And God's done these things for you. He's done. And if he hasn't, you ain't been asking him nothing. He wants you to ask him stuff. You got to trust him a little bit. You got to put your neck out there. You got to say, God, it's you. I trust. You can't keep carrying it. We can't. We're not made to carry this stuff. We can't go through this. We can't make it through what we're going through in this nation right now ourselves. We can't do it. We don't have the answers. There's not a single person in Washington right now that's got the answers. You listen to me. There ain't one person that's got the answers. It's nothing but one thing. It's the people calling out on God. God's going to have to be the one that breaks the yoke. The, the, our political system is broken. It's chaos. We're self-destructing. The, the enemy's trying to create a new civil war that we're trying to go through because what we call ourselves, what party we're in. Let me tell you something. The only party that we need to be concerned about is Christian. We serve a living God and that's who we're following and we're going to follow you and we need to be concerned but we're going to have to pray for our nation and we've got to ask God for some. And if you don't trust God for the little bitty things, if you don't ask Him for the hard things, these little things, you'll never get to the big thing because you can't trust Him. You've got to just put it in God. You've got to do it. And He'll come through. I, I, I promise, I'm, not, I'm not going to get geared back up. I can see some fear in some eyes. I won't do that. So, but here's the deal. God is mighty. Amen. And I'm going to pray in the next couple of weeks that week that I have to shut you down because you've got so many things to thank God for. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You be thinking about some things. You come back and you testify of what God's done. Hey, start whatever He does. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's end this service. Huh? One big thing that the Lord did in answer prayer. Yeah. He sent us a good pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He gave me that. He gave me, a, he gave me like nine different little swords like that. <laughs> nine little different things he showed me as I got here. He kept unwrapping them swords and saying, remember this? Uh, that's what I was doing. Remember this? That's what I was doing. And I was like, Lord, I, I would have never guessed it. I would have never seen it. So the Lord, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. How, isn't he good? If you want me to be quiet, you got to stand and praise God. Okay? you got to stand and praise God and praise Him with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Lord, You're worthy. God, we love You tonight because You're worthy. God, You're good. And God, I thank You, Lord, that You're still on the throne. And God, I thank You that You're moving us towards You. And God, I thank You that You give us faith and, Lord, confidence in You. And, Lord, I thank You for what You're doing that we can't even see. And I thank You, Lord, that, God, You're going to give testimony after testimony of Your mighty faithfulness. I thank you, Lord. There's nothing too hard for you. Nothing too hard for you. And God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. God, the greatest miracle at all of all was when you saved us. And God, you're not done with us yet. And God, we thank you, Lord, because you're faithful, you're on the throne, and you're a wonderful God. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank